0: There are like those moments where everything comes together and it happens in the moment, and you've got it, and it happened right there, and then it's never going to happen again.
1: Hello, I'm Bunham, and welcome to Crew Chats Podcast, where I speak to the people that work behind the scenes. film, TV and theatre. This episode of Crew Chats is brought to you by the Manchester School of Costume. Want to learn how to make costumes? From corsetry, tailoring, pattern draping and much more, the Manchester School of Costume is a school to train costume makers and give new skills to sewing enthusiasts. Offering a range of short and long courses for beginners to advanced level, courses are 100% practical with no written work or essays, run by Jonathan Andrew Berniston, costume cutter, maker, designer and teacher. For course dates and details or more about the School, check out the Manchester School of Costume website or Instagram page, all links in the show notes. Today's episode is all about focus, something you may not even thought about when watching a TV show or film, but something that is integral to the storytelling on screen. I chatted with the first assistant camera, also known as a focus puller, Ben Brown, about the nuances of focus, from what it involves, how to go about focusing, and where he sees the future of it. Hi, Ben. Hello. Thank you for t- taking the time to speak to me. <laughs> now, you're a first assistant camera, and what does that involve for you?
0: Well... That's a very good question. Um, on the face of it, there's a simple answer, and there's a very boring answer, to which you have to excuse me on waffles. Um, <laughs> but the simple answer is it's making sure that everything's in focus. Once once the camera's rolling, my job is to is to follow the focus. So imagining something invisible, a distance between the camera and the actor or whatever we're looking at, and tracking it in real time. It's something that's, in one sense, very simple, and, and but can get incredibly complicated when there's lots of factors involved, and it becomes, it can become a bit of a guessing game sometimes, and it, beca- it can become a bit of a, uh, a dark art, as it's referred to, uh, rather pretentiously, sometimes, mostly by focus press, <laughs> um, but and then the other side of it is, um, it's kind of in the camera department, it's a funny position because. The way a cam well most camera departments work in sort of film and TV is that you'll have a DOP, a director of photography, who's very much a big cheese as in terms of the way that productions run and they've they've sort of got at least a couple of departments under their wing, so to speak, like lighting and grips and camera and and they've got a lot of things going on at, the t- at once and they're and they have a huge remit in terms of the overall film and then you often have an operator a camera operator which can often be the dop as well but if you have multiple cameras they'll, they'll all have an operator and then you often have a first ac for each camera or or at least one if you if you're sort of on a slightly on a single camera job and that's me. And, but you can have lots of them focused on lots of different cameras and their jobs can really vary depending on where they are in terms of which camera they're on. So the, the first AC job can mean essentially that you're in charge of a lot of logistics and recruitment and upholding the system, equipment, prep, a lot of all the technical stuff that you, an operator wouldn't be involved in particularly. And the dop certainly wouldn't. So it's a, It can be. It can have a lot of responsibility with it in terms of management and people, which um, is a funny position to be in because you're also not particularly senior in in the way that a film works. It, in you often don't go to any meetings. You don't go to recies, but you're asked a lot of questions and you have to do a lot of sorting out and lot of asking for things uh and it's often the last thing that happens because by the time we get involved you guys have been working for months everyone's been on the job for months and we're we're very much until something needs filming we turn up then we uh start asking for things and it's sort of a bit of a shock a lot of the time that we (laughs) need stuff and also there's a lot of work that goes into being ready to shoot and shoot quickly and efficiently and uphold a system so that's part of The remit of my job can also be that you know you spend loads of time doing dailies or doing uh, multiple sort of b camera c camera jobs where you're not in charge of all that stuff and you're much more involved with purely the shooting and that's you turn up you film the whatever that camera is designated to if that's a second unit or a splinter unit or a second angle on something you know and that's very different because you haven't got all that um, logistics and truck management and equipment stuff. So that's the boring long answer. So what...
1: You kind of uh, touched on things I wanted to ask kind of more questions about. In a practical sense, physically, how are you doing your job?
0: So what I will do is use lots of... as many different types of tricks to try and put myself in the best place to get the take as in focus as possible that sounds poncy but what the what that means is uh, what i try not to do is rely too heavily in on one thing because often that makes it harder for yourself so for example if, if we're doing a shot of an actor um on a horse <laughs> i'm just trying mm. to think of the film we did and then, and they're coming up towards us uh i'll try and put my first thing i'll do is try and is work out what the shot is talk to the operator. Listen to what the director is saying, try and listen to as much as going on on set as possible, which is something you learn throughout your career. As, as how to listen is a, such an important thing because that, all that stuff is is really important in being ready. So I'll put myself in a place where I think is the best place to be in order to have a direct line of sight with the actor, the camera, the operator, um, ideally. I mean all these things don't often work because there's often that sometimes you can't you're in a corridor or there's a million people there or the camera's going 360 or something you know there's lots Mm -hmm. of reasons why why you might have to change those things but that would be plan a and then I will have a control of the camera uh, in terms of the lens I'll have motors on the the camera that will drive the focus and I'll track it and I will have mapped that in prep and made sure that all those lenses when I say when I when I mark up that it says thirty-five foot on my little device, that it's in focus at thirty-five foot, even if it's critically minute, the amount of depth of field that I've got, or whatever, that, that I need to know that that's going to line up. That's a very important thing to be to have trust in, because if that goes, you've lost one of your sort of facets or one of your uh, things to rely on. And then there's lots of other tricks and things I can use when I'm when I need them that help me find the the distance and and anticipate things uh the rehearsal really helps but it don't, you don't always get it and it's not always what will happen but it's it's incredibly helpful when you get one and and sometimes it, some jobs really do work out like that I mean it's like really depends on the director's style and the actor's style and what we're what kind of thing we're going for but often it's you really do get that professionalism on set where we all get rehearsal and we know what's going to happen and it and it, that is what happens and that certainly makes things uh, simpler but then again then again you have to be open to it It not working like that and that's part of also part of the joy of it but it's but it's something you have to be always be ready for you know.
1: That um distance I guess that you referred to and, and being in focus how, who dictates that do you get a say in that or is that something one of the conversations you would have had because each scene is I mean I guess it depends on the number of cameras but I guess each scene there will be a different thing that's focused. Forgive my ignorance, I guess. I'm just.
0: No, it's a funny one because most of the time, no one else is thinking about it. Like, so the director won't really be thinking about it often. And because they've got lots of other things to be thinking about. Mm. And often, a, a, a real chunk of the time, you're the only person on set thinking about that. And that's my job to obsess about it. And it's one of those, it's sort of a saying that people only notice focus when it's wrong hmm. which is kind of true But some people really are very attuned to it and some, i'd often get just direct focus instruction from a from a director or a dop but a lot of the time you're just doing what you're feeling uh which is a hard thing to explain but it's sort of it's sort of what where your where my eye goes is where i try to focus so if, if the scene tells me that that someone looks to over their shoulder and there's another person behind them my eye goes to that person that they're looking at because i've no mm. longer seeing their eyes and what they're not no longer facing the camera i'll pull to that person automatically unless someone tells me yeah, don't do that <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, it, there's a bit of that and there's a bit of uh, collaboration in terms of what do we want here some directors will will say i never wanted that i only ever want at foreground I don't want the deep focus when someone's in fault. you know, there's, there's often choices to be made and there's discussions often that come up and sometimes you have to preempt them. And sometimes you have to initiate them and know when to speak up. And that's something that you learn over time. Cause that's terrifying when you move, when you first, you know, mm. the job as a clapper loader is to be absolutely not heard on set. It's just to get on with it, sort of squirrel around and, you know, no one notice or hear you and then it's kind of sometimes and most of the time as a focus player that's your job as well it's just kind of get on with it and be invisible and certainly not to put the actor off or make a meal out of yourself you know you should be it should be sort of a seamless process but then you've got to also know when when it's there's a discussion to be had and and it most of the time that's a good thing for everyone because it engages it it asks good questions because it's like well what are we doing what are we trying to say with this moment and sometimes it's uh a very obvious question and I feel very silly for asking but you know
1: it's always better to ask the question I find yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't, there's no like rules that's the thing it's like you you have things that you sort of know look right once you're on a a job for a few days you sort of you get you start to learn the pace of what we're doing and the the style of the shooting and you and it and it all ideally it all sort of flows in the same way and that you and the operator have a kind of synchronicity that doesn't and the actor that that you you start to learn how they move when how they sit up how they stand up how they stand when they're going to turn when they're going to the moment you sort of see the visual cues in their sort of performance and you start to you start to get that sort of language between you all which is pretentious but it, it, that is definitely a thing
1: no no I get it well it, of course it is and what is the importance of focus in a scene
0: it's what your eyes will go to and it and it can be very subtle and it can be very uh, extreme depending on a lot of things like lighting and and what kind of shot it is if it's an extreme close-up with really shallow depth of field which is how much of the portion of forward to back is in focus that's a terrible way of describing it but if you can have if you have a wide or a deep depth of field, uh you will everything will be in focus or more will be in focus and you have a very shallow depth of field, you're making very fine adjustments. Sometimes it can be as, as thin as sort of an eyelash worth of depth, and you're deciding which eyelash to to focus on on somebody's close up. And that can be quite an extreme, extremely difficult thing to do and an extremely powerful thing to do visually. It's you shouldn't really notice it as a as a if you're not. Uh, looking for it mm. it should be natural I think I believe and and it well, it does uh, take me out of I mean I'm a focus bullet, so it's not a, it's not a uh, unbiased opinion but it does take me out of films often when I notice a focus pull that I think is for the sake of a focus pull rather than telling a story so for example if, you, if you've got if you've got a shot, I'm trying to think of a famous focus, pull. I can't even <laughs> watch if, if you've got a shot where there's some sort of important piece of information in a scene and uh, the character leaves the room and the camera pulls focus to something in foreground that you didn't see before, which is a note on the desk, which says, which explains something dramatic, you know, that's using a focus pool to tell a story. And uh, that's an example of how, of of the time of the time you might want to do that how fast you do it when you do it it's a sort of it's a feeling that that you need to be in sync with the storytelling to do you can't just like you can't just do your randomly <laughs> randomly yeah <laughs> I mean, you can but I mean I have but, yeah, <laughs> but it, it doesn't work very well often
1: it sounds like a do you know what when I was reading about what you do and um it, it it's obviously a technical role but I didn't appreciate the degree of um, I don't want to say it, like, um, the nuance there is involved in unarticulatable stuff that goes yeah. on in your mind. Again, <laughs>
0: that that is that's a good way of explaining it because it is kind of unarticulable. A, a, a lot it is hard to describe because it, a lot of what when, when I'm doing it, this kind might sound weird, but I don't, I don't, I try to switch off as much in my mind as possible because I always feel like if I think about it or too much or anticipate things then I will mess it up or I'll make a conscious decision and it will look forced or, or or sort of robotic or reactive and if I twitch my mind off and I just sort of synchronize my hand with with my eye then it works it always seems to sort of blow better but so it's hard to it is also I mean that makes it sound like some incredible musical, like but, a skill, but it's not. It is not that complicated a lot of the time. But but there is that there is a sort certain sort of dark, unexplainable uh, force involved, which I which I believe is the reason that you can't do it with a computer.
1: So actually, okay. that was going to be one of my questions. Okay, that's an interesting thing, but because you referred to your hand-eye coordination, there the reason why you said that is because in your hand you have a lit- physical. Um, I guess i don't i'm not gonna i don't know what it is exactly but i'll let you describe yeah. what it is like, yes. exactly. device device that's
0: it <laughs> yeah yeah i have a i have like a remote control essentially but it's a so it's a it will be a a knob with a ring on it that has markings that re- correlate to the lens so every lens we have we might have a lens package with like up to like i mean i've had jobs with 30 40 lenses but most of the time you'd have you'd you'd have like a sort of set of lenses which would be like 10 lenses or 12 lenses and maybe some zoom lenses and they'll be for different things you might have a wide lens for you know a big wide shot of a room that you need or shot in a corner of a car where you need to see everything or and then ranging up to like long lenses that would be have a different job and and close-up lenses everywhere between they all have their own uh, individual characteristics and i would mark them up um and made sure that they so i sort of learned the lenses it's like a different sort of set of instrument uh or sort of tools that you need for each job and they're never really the same twice because they they've all got sort of little characteristics that you need to be on top of like they might be different sizes or weights or one of them might be sticky at a certain point, and one of them might sort of fringe, and the focus might be terrible in the corners of one of them. Uh, and you have to sort of learn all those sweet spots and so that you're better equipped to make good decisions there and then and not be sort of flummoxed by something.
1: I didn't appreciate the breadth of what your role covers. How did you get into what you do?
0: Well, and you want to do something in the film industry. Um, when I was at school I loved like making little films and I got sort of work experience as a runner I was, when I was sort of leaving school and I knew that I just wanted I just loved the film set I was so excited to be on a film set and you know uh, and that wasn't even film that was you know those were like little things that I've thought were films but you know and then a family friend was doing a little thing and said do you want to be a camera trainee and I had no idea what a camera trainee was but I knew that I loved cameras (laughs) and, uh, and I was like, yeah, of course, Uh, I had no idea about anything. And, but I, it's very addictive and, and I, you know, loved it. And so I did, I was a camera trainee for a while. I sort of dipped in and out because I had other stuff, I had music stuff going on at the same time. And then I sort of had to make a grown-up choice. And that was at the sort of the same time I was sort of, became a clapper loader which is the next thing up if there is an up if you want to call it refer to it as an up on a ladder situation (laughs) and um clapper loader is sort of a second assistant camera and everything was on film in those days those days (laughs) and uh, uh so that was a that was great i loved that and i did that for about five years and then i was sort of became a focus puller by Almost by osmosis, but I didn't. I, I didn't intend to become a puller I never thought I would be, uh, or I didn't think it was something that would come to me. It's a funny thing because it's it, it's a it, in many ways it's kind of a little bit scary for a lot of people, and it's a bit of a stigmatized role. It's a lot of people nowadays are skipping it because um, it's quite scary and it's quite stressful. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure and um, politics and I think that's why but I have to say I find I find it the uh, the act of folks playing much less stressful than I thought it would be because it because as I say it's quite a calm I think it's it's very simple but the, the politics around it is can be quite intense at times and I wasn't prepared for that really and I it's not something that I realized was such a big part of it you know the money the talking about money and and budgets and having to ask for things and not fall out about you know <laughs> all this stuff that happens on films <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are those challenges that you kind of
0: alluded to well it, it a lot of it's just you know grown-up stuff which is sort of making sure everyone's happy mate and that's not as easy as it sounds you know or as easy as I thought it would be and it, and it that's about a team that's functional and everyone feeling valued and happy at work and and a lot of the politics is to do with sort of how how departments work and making sure that the the stresses of the film industry are which are sort of universal where everyone's everyone's under a lot of pressure in terms of time money hours that we're working work life balance all that stuff is really um can be very difficult to negotiate for everyone
1: Mm.
0: and there's and there is a responsibility that comes with having people having people that that look to you for uh, an example to be set and and a a tone to be to be established yeah and and then a lot of the politics and stuff that I was referring to is sort of more in terms of how how a job will function in that relationship between our department and the production office and that's a vital relationship for for uh, any job and it's not always easy because it's it's highly loaded with all sorts of uh, financial implication every time we ask for something or how we do something or how long do we need and it's always a balance and it's not a a simple thing to find on either side and if there is a side to be found you know because we're we're all trying to do the same thing but it's Mm. it's I'm sure it's the same with every department you've got to you're trying to get to this point and make this thing together and there's lots of things that can can make things trickier and or or I'm still learning and not being able to articulate very well is that your the communication about what you need in order to be able to do the thing that you're being asked to do is really important and it's and it has to be it doesn't need to be, you know, a fight, right? it doesn't need to be a, it, it's, it's a reasonable thing. And it's, and it, and it's, it's a human conversation. It's not a, we need this. Why can't we have it? It's, it's, uh, let's talk about it and work out with how we do this with everyone happy.
1: Doing that's one of the harder things to navigate in what you do.
0: Yeah, it can be, it can be really difficult because there's lots of other factors involved like uh, where you are the hours what's above and beyond what where the limits are and what we can achieve with this and what do we need to to do what you're asking us to do um how does that work beforehand
1: how do you strike that balance
0: i don't really know i'm still i'm still trying to strike that balance (laughs) um uh, I think the answer is by being honest as much as possible with yourself and everyone around you and listening because you can put your, your, your sort of, you can be stubborn about things, but ultimately if you're not hearing what's being asked, then you're not doing actually doing the best job. It's like it's making, it's listening to everyone and making the best informed decision and together like, most of the time and that's that comes with experience i think and it comes with sort of conviction and calmness and being and being able to make calm choices which is not always easy when you're uh, when you've had a highly pressurized day with you know 12 hours of running around and shouting and and uh you know trying to get complete the call sheet you know
1: yeah work uh, onset hours are quite grueling um I want to say something like, like it may be a stereotype of the camera department um, is that it can be quite and, and I don't know if it, you may have alluded to it there, but some of that tension that can arise is it could it be there's maybe a lot of alpha male <laughs> energy and lack of kind of um, communication? Yeah. A...
0: No, no, it's a, it's legit and it, that that's a, that's definitely a thing and it's definitely there's been a it's a culture where that's that's flourished that the alpha side of things Mm. historically and i think you can see why because it's like it's very high energy and it's very like that it's very it can be very competitive and all those things and it's like i don't know it is it's certainly changing obviously is a good thing and there's lots of reasons why that has been allowed to flourish in the past and I think we're all now, or most of us are now very aware of why that was. And, and all, I think we're all going in the same direction, but it's, it's not, it's not as quick as it could be. And it I think um, it is still male dominated and it has been for a very long time. And it's especially in folks pulling. I think there's a, I think, I think there's a crisis in folks pulling with, with a uh, lack of women because, more so than any other role in the camera department at the moment because because of a few factors but i think there's been a lot of fast tracking because of covid and because of all this waking up that everyone's been doing and why would you focus pull when someone's saying you can be an operator you know but but i think there's a that's a real shame because uh it's a great job and it's and it's and you learn so much from that place on set you know i mean you're you're in the best place to learn as a focus puller, I think because you're you're seeing everything how everything works in the front of everything and your job is to see everything in the best place to see it that's you've got every day I'm trying to put myself in a place that's that's you can see everything what's going on and what better job to learn that Uh, as a loader or second assistant your job is to sort of make facilitate things and then when the actual shot happens you're you're often hiding behind a bin or something in the middle of a shot you know you're trying to get out of the way like the last thing you do is like stare at the actor that you be <laughs> kicked off you know so I think it's a great job to learn everything from and it's also just very rewarding and it's very like it's a, it's a really complicated job I think it's a shame it's been it's got a lot of like uh baggage with it that people think it's very stressful and and why why put yourself through all that stress? And that's that's legit. I mean, that, that, that can be very stressful. And, you know, and there's no wrong choices. But I, I, I do think there's a real issue with, particularly with folks pulling at the moment because of those things.
1: How would you entice, how do you think you can entice people to, to be a part of your profession?
0: Um, I think there's a real, I think certain people are doing really well raising awareness about what the actual jobs are like because at sort of student level um and that's not the fault of the of the film schools or or the students or anything because that's how they have to work but it's like there's a director there's a dop there's there's an editor you know and that they're like do you want to be a director or do you want to be a dop or Mm -hmm. do you it's like there's nothing else and there's not really they, they might spend 10 minutes talking about what the other jobs are and those are proper careers. All those jobs—they're really, really good jobs. And I think that's people just don't know that they exist. I think mean, they just like it's like, well, what are you doing if you're not a dop? You know, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, they're great jobs. I just you have to pinch yourself every day. Sometimes they're like, this is an incredible thing to do. So, and there's lots of people that are working really well with that. Like Mahalia is doing an amazing job. She's a, a clap loader mahalia john and she's got she's starting a um a great charity that's sort of exactly doing that it's just it's opening up hands-on this is what the jobs are these you know and because people uh-huh. just don't. and and you know diversity is mm-hmm. is something that we have been very bad at and it's been very closed because it because it because of the way it's it's worked for so long in this country is through a sort of mentality of it being a closed shop, and it's really not good for anything. It's not good for anyone. And you certainly don't get the best uh, people that way, I think.
1: Hmm. But what I wanted to ask was one of the things, was what was the music aspect of your career that you were speaking about?
0: Um, I used to play drums a bit in bands and, you know, lots of sort of tours and things like that ah. on, a sort of, on a very bad scale, but uh, it was very i loved it. it was a bit it was a big part of my year you know uh yes that's what i did didn't really work by the way at the same time no. as, as the film industry it's not it's not conducive
1: no i can imagine the hours and the didn't
0: yeah no <laughs> <Three things that laughs> require everything
1: being away all the time um yeah. but that i guess music requires a sort of a part of your brain and focus do you think that helps yeah. you with focus? i think building?
0: so there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of musicians in in crews. Often, um, obviously, a sound department's often got some sort of oh. <laughs> a lot, of, um, <laughs> but they're sort of sc- scattered throughout. It's a similar, it's a it's an interesting thing to notice. Maybe I, I just noticed it because I because I sort of see it, but I, like I think there's quite a few around, and I do think it's got a similar skill set in some senses. In that you're sort of you're with people and you're making something in a positive way and it's all about attitude and it's all about your demeanor and your like energy that you can bring and that's that's all the same in music you know and it's the same in most walks of life but I think that I think it's particularly it's sort of like a I don't know it's slightly creative people you know but and very technical it's that mix of technical and creative you know
1: yeah and you kind of spoke about it earlier is why your role wouldn't work digitally if I came and just said to you oh well can't you do that in post-production or I'm asked uh, very ignorantly again of course and couldn't you just you know digitally do it on the camera I don't know set some parameters what would your answer to that be
0: my answer to that would be you absolutely can do that but it wouldn't be the same And, and it's uh there's no limits to what can be done you know as we're seeing and and it will happen certainly but you need so many things at the the absolute moment to feel those instinctual things and it and it's it's just it has to be it's emotional sometimes and it's human and it's like I don't think I think if you didn't make the decision afterwards it's off it's you're thinking about it and then it then it's gone And there's so many moments that just, that just happen. And I I know it sounds like I'm bigging up my role, but there are like those moments where everything comes together and it happens in the moment and you've got it and it happened right there. And then it's never going to happen again. And you can't repeat it. The next take won't be the same. And you know that there was that moment in that take where we all did that thing and we did it together and everyone on the whole unit made that happen. And it's an incredible feeling. And you, it's, it's like, magic it's like everything is the greater than the sum of its parts in a way and if you you can contrive it by putting all those points in a computer but you wouldn't maintain the soul of it in the same way that you sort of yeah that's i can't describe it in a in no a, but i think what you
1: described as the kind of like beauty of sounding again but Ponzi to use your word but like <laughs> the, the um the like magic of filmmaking
0: i guess yeah yeah, I'm nostalgic because I haven't worked for so long. In this strike, oh. I've forgotten what it's like. <laughs> I'm just going to be positive.
1: Well, I speak to you in about two or three months when you're working again. Yeah, <laughs> <months. exactly>.
0: yeah. <laughs> I've lost. I'll have lost the spark.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, no, but I I do agree with you. I mean, obviously, I can I can sort of say it from the department within which I work. There are things, certain things, have to kind of align, and you wouldn't necessarily be able to manufacture that or predict those things. you can put them into an algorithm like do you know what i mean like yeah
0: so many the the choices and the decisions are due to something that's just happened just Mm. then like you know or an obstruction that you would never create because because it's just why would you and it's like oh we can't oh we've lost that uh light over there so we can't go over there or we can't do another take because uh we've ripped the costume (laughs) (laughs) but so which wouldn't happen on in ai or whatever but you know
1: yeah yeah, it's true. What do you so see as the...
0: E- one go. Well,
1: Get this is out. the... It's kind of the scary part of it, but also the kind of amazing part of it that you kind of just... Everyone comes, like you said, comes together and gets it done, that one shot. What do you see as the evolution of your role? Is
0: There's a there's a technical answer, which is ever-changing, and, there's, and technology is driving cameras in a very exciting way if you're into that kind of thing, and it's very fast-moving now, um, and it's... So there's a lot of that that will change it uh, in a good way and that cameras will get lighter and, um and better and, and that tech can only help. I'd like to think that it's not, that it's, it's got a good future, this kind of filmmaking. And I sort of see my role when you when I ask that, I'm kind of saying, what's the future of this kind of filmmaking? And I, th- I think that, that there really is a hopeful future of this kind of filmmaking because, because that's what that's what everyone wants to see it's like that's a great way of telling a story and I, d- I just don't think you can you can do it as effectively with algorithms and computers and it's just not it's just going to be it's just not going to work.
1: I'm curious to see I guess but it's an interesting space for you to be in because of that technology both helps and not I don't want to say hinders but it's uh I don't know the other word to use but <laughs> You kind of yeah. you spoke about it in the sense, obviously the cameras getting lighter and the way that they function. I, I Again, I don't know the technical terminology or anything, but yeah, it's interesting because I guess there's a balance to be had, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as things as things get invented, uh, they all they're always solving a problem or making something better, you know. And it, and, it, and it's happening really quickly now, you know, with with digital cameras and and all that tech is like it's mind-blowing some of the stuff that we can do with cameras and that we couldn't even do five years ago it's just incredible and and the way the pace that it's happening you, you've got to keep up with it there's a lot there's a lot of homework to be done well i was just gonna ask you is that stay on you top to... of it, yeah. yeah so constantly learning new cameras and every every year there'll be some some two or three major industry-wide devices that we all need to be on top of and that's a big part of it yeah, not my favourite oh, yeah.
1: part of it. No, is it your favourite part? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
0: Do you not. say
1: it's not your favourite part? Hold on.
0: No, it's absolutely not my favourite part. Oh, really? I mean, it can be exhausting. You're not, you've you just learned one camera and it's already out of Oh, date I see what you, you mean. Okay.
1: And uh, this is probably a bit on the spot, but um, could you give an example of a, what you class to be a successful focus pull? Does that make sense? Is that the right word to phrase it? Or something you've yeah. watched, you've been like, they've done that really well. It, it could be something you've worked on, by the way. I'm not saying don't say anything you've worked on. Um,
0: what I watched the other day, which I hadn't seen for a very long time, this is obscure, but I, I saw um, Lust Caution, Ang Lee's film, and it's all on film in an era where film was normal and everyone was on film. And the focus building on that film is incredible i mean it's like some of those shots are so technical and they'll sort of track into an eye a super close up and the whole style of it is is very difficult focus wise because it's 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 shallow it's on film you you're guessing and it's it's precise it's very impressive and uh i've not seen many films that are that Mind blowing focus wise, but like it, you ideally you wouldn't be thinking about it. Like, mm. and, and, it's, and it's only because I'm a focus puller, I'm looking at those things. I thought if I'm starting to think about focus in a film, it's usually because I'm out of it, I'm, I'm sort of starting to think about technical stuff. I love that film, but but most of it, most of the time, you're not thinking about it. That's and, a good thing, yeah. And a lot of and a lot of what I'm give credit as for good focus pulling isn't necessarily on the screen in the, the technical sharpness of the shot i don't think wow that's extremely sharp it's more to do with understanding how difficult that would have been the some of the challenges that's on these mission impossible films and you know that you just you know what would been involved in getting all that kit there shooting in those conditions uh what they're being you know how to get those cameras in those places and how to how to do your job well that stuff's really impressive it's that stuff that's kind of I tend to think about more than I, I'm quite like. I think I'm quite forgiving as uh, in terms of like actual shots that are out of focus, because <laughs> 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 because I just know how how difficult it can be, and that it's often not it's often nothing to do with it being messed up by the focus pillar, Although obviously there's an involvement there, but it can be. You might do eight takes of something. And you, and as a focus puller, you get seven of them absolutely perfect. And you get the one that the performance is the best on a little bit wrong. And that's the one in the film. And it's Mm. crushing when that happens and it it happens all the time. And and it's not because, and that might've been the take that they did something different or you didn't rehearse, or it might be the first take or whatever, or there's something technical went wrong. I've learned over the years to let go of all that stuff (laughs) because there's no point point in getting to, you just do your best. Well, you shouldn't what? judge it when you. I, I'm, I've stopped myself judging it in the cinema, being like, because I just think, I think, yeah, that was, that was, that could have been more in focus, but there's prob- there's always a reason. And, it, and it's very rarely because the focus pull is not very good. I think. That, yeah, there's
1: a whole host of things going on, I yeah, guess, isn't there? So it? many factors. What about personally, for you, something that's been like a challenging scene um, to be part of?
0: Um, good question. We did a film last year. uh was it last year? No, it was this year. Called a quiet place. It was a, a prequel, and it was a lot of handheld, which has its own sort of difficulties, on difficult challenges. And we had these incredible lenses that were adapted, so they essentially don't act behave like normal lenses. They've got darks in front of them that shift on a rail, and it and it makes things very. Uh, it's it's like doing something counterintuitively it's sort of like playing a guitar upside down it's you're doing something you you have to do it in a you you can't rely on the way you learned it you have to relearn it because of the way because of the look they wanted and 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 they do look great but that was very challenging and it was very rewarding and I really enjoyed that process Mm. that sounded very pretentious
1: no that's no, you're 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 saying you're happy about something. <laughs> well, I don't think that's yeah. But when you work in a team, it's really hard to. I find it's difficult to highlight something you might have done specifically, especially when there's other people involved. You feel yeah. is you feel a bit more conscious saying that you've done this yeah. well, not you yeah. specifically, just generally.
0: <laughs> no i think i'm just great generally <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to be specific uh i can be very specific about things i've done not well
1: no i do you did sort of say you kind of don't fixate on those things which i think is probably I'm the right to, way to i'm
0: trying it. to get better at not fixating on them i still do because i'm a i'm a person but like i'm trying to teach myself out of it because it doesn't help on most no. of the time you need to learn from them definitely but but you just, but don't hold on to them too much. It's, you made a decision at the time, move on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's done. It's one of those things. <laughs>
0: yeah, what will be will be like, I wouldn't, you wouldn't want, you just try and do your best and that's that's all you can do. And if they don't, if it doesn't work the way you hoped and, you know, it's not the, because of the role, the way a film set works is, unless you're a director where you have that, where it's part of your job is to get exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. A big part of our job as a film crew is to allow somebody else to get exactly what they want as best yeah. you can, and it's not about what you want most all the time or any of the time. So you have to be as selfless as possible in most sen- in most aspects,
1: or I guess, yeah, setting aside your ego for the time, period. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's not unique to obviously what you guys do is across the whole, like you said, the whole. Uh, a film production generally it's it's bringing a vision to someone else's vision to life um that's yeah. kind of have to maintain remember that um but that brings me nicely on to my final question which is what are your three to watch recommendations
0: ah, well as i said i think this would this would change every time <laughs> you asked because it's a constantly shifting thing like three your three favorite things but um recently I went to see. Have you seen Past Lives yet?
1: No, seen... and I need. I need to watch it. So it's oh, on my list to watch. And it, you're, you're the second person. Actually, I think the third person to recommend it. Oh, yeah. I loved I it.
0: Think. Loved it. It's just. It's a stunning film, and it's it's beautifully shot. Every single shot is incredible. Every single shot is telling a story. It's just. It's proper filmmaking, and it it totally blew me away. And I can. I get carried away with like how much I. Uh, love things sometimes but that was that was a big one in the cinema it really I didn't I think I didn't think didn't know anything going into it which helped because there's been quite a lot of hype now but mm-hmm. I think it, I do think it's deserved <laughs> I think it's amazing uh, and I'm so I can't wait to see what um she makes next old Celine director it was so good I, I would highly recommend that good time is another one of recent maybe not a lot of people seen, but it's, it's the Safety brothers who did um, uh, Uncut Gems, which was uh, so strange, but incredible. But it's the film they did before that. And that's, it's it's wild and it's filthy and it's amazing. Uh, and I totally found it, it's like the whole film with Edge of the Seat. It's not like, a, it's not a chilled out film to watch. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's incredible. It's, I loved it. I, I loved their style. And Uncut Gems is kind of the same thing. It's like, it had the same effect i just wanted to watch it again as soon as i finished it i just wanted to watch it again which is oh I wow. get, you know? and then the other one that's stuck with me i can't stop thinking about is aftersun um oh, have you seen aftersun no Scarlet I... wells it was last year it was about a father and daughter relationship it's just a holiday trip that they'd take together in the sort of uh... 90s or noughties and it's sort of semi-autobiographical it's totes emotion all oh, right.
1: right. Okay. Past lives is on my watch list anyway. But oh, the other two I will check out as well. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for your recommendations. And thank you for taking the time to speak to me as well. Oh, thank I, you for not I appreciate to it. And I wouldn't have I fallen asleep. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ben. And if you get a moment, could you please like, follow or subscribe on your podcast platform and follow the Crew Chats podcast on Instagram. Thank you.